Praise the Lord. Oh, we worship you, Jesus, and we give you praise. What a delight it is to be with the sanctuary. I have so much love and appreciation, not only for many of you, some of which I know really well, and others perhaps we've never had an opportunity to meet. And I celebrate that because that means the kingdom of God is growing in Cedar Park. I want to give a special shout out to my good friends, Pastor Mel and Pastor Lisa. You all are not just blessed, you are spoiled. And so we celebrate the gift that the sanctuary has in the Reddies. And I do say the Reddies as the family as a whole, because there is probably nobody on the earth that is as cool, as fun, and as loving, and who gives the best hugs as Jude. Jude, I hope you're doing well, buddy. I also have many other friends there, and I could get in trouble if I start listing everybody. So I'm not going to do that. I do just want to say a special shout out to all of you, though. I celebrate what God is doing, and my heart is filled with faith today. I want you to open up your Bibles or your Bible apps to the book of John chapter 2. And if you don't have your Bible or a Bible app, it is okay. We're going to have the scriptures displayed on the screen. And I'm going to be reading from the ESV today. Would you read along with me? On the third day, there was a wedding at Cana in Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus also was invited to the wedding with his disciples. It's always good, by the way, to invite Jesus to the party. When the wine ran out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Now there were six stone water jars there for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. That number might be significant because six times 20 is 120. There were 120 people filled on the day of Pentecost with the spirit of God, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. When the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine and did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn the water knew, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. This is the first of his signs Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. I want to preach this thought to you today by the help of the Holy Ghost. Maybe you haven't seen it yet. Maybe you haven't seen it yet. Would you pray with me? Lord, I'm just grateful for everybody that's watching. My heart is filled with expectation and excitement and faith in you, Jesus. I pray that our hearts would be open, that your word would speak to us very clearly today. I release the gift of faith for everybody that's watching, and I am declaring that supernatural things are going to happen, and it is for your glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. There is such a cry for the supernatural today. Our world is fixated on the supernatural. 
They are interested and intrigued and some go to great lengths to uh, experience or have supernatural encounters. Many of you all can uh, cite several forms of entertainment and specific shows that deal with the supernatural. As a matter of fact, there's a show called Supernatural or The Supernatural. I've not seen it and don't know much about it other than the title. Uh, but even consider uh, popular movies today like these superheroes, if you will, from Thor to the Hulk to uh, Spider-Man and Superman. And uh, we all know beyond a shadow of a doubt who the greatest superhero is. That's Batman, but we won't go there. But many people watch these uh, these shows, Black Panther, these movies, because they want to see something beyond the natural. Uh, I believe people are intrigued by this. And can I just say that if there's ever been a day where the church needs to operate in the supernatural, my God, it's today. Let me just say the world is hungry and the world is broken and we're dealing with all types of pandemics. We're dealing with a, a cultural or racial crisis in the States. We see that we're, we're grappling with this global pandemic of COVID-19 and it's far reaching. You have been impacted by both in some way, form or another. But can I tell you, this is when the church needs to be the church. And by the way, let me just push pause for just a moment and simply say, I'm thankful that the sanctuary is a church where everybody belongs. Praise God. You ought to be thankful that you're part of a church family and community where black, white, yellow, red, brown, heterosexual, homosexual, transgender, everybody is welcome at the sanctuary. Why? Because everybody, whether you're uh, independent, libertarian, Republican, Democrat, whether you are poor, whether you are rich, whether you are educated or uneducated, everybody belongs at the sanctuary. And I give God praise that the doors, and not only the doors, but the arms of you loving people are there to receive the broken, to receive those that are looking for the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're thankful for that, you ought to type in the comments, amen. You ought to shout out, everybody is welcome. You ought to give God praise because it is indeed a sanctuary. People are hungry for the supernatural. And if there's ever been a day that we need, the church needs the supernatural, miracle signs and wonders, healing taking place, love breaking down barriers, it is today. The world is crying out very much like Gideon did because Gideon said in Judges 6, chapter 13, Gideon said to him, oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all of his miracles, which our fathers told us about saying, did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. You know what Gideon was saying? Where are the miracles we heard about? I'm preaching to somebody today because I know you're asking the same question. Where are the miracles you've heard our elders talk about? Where are the signs? Where are the wonders? Can I tell you? God is ready to use you. I'm preaching to a Gideon right now. Somebody who thinks they're not qualified. Somebody who thinks they've been overlooked. You know what? When you consider the reality of it, Gideon was like, hey, look, Lord, I just got finished doing 23 and me or Ancestry.com. And you know what I discovered? My, my, my tribe, we're the least of all the tribes. And then my family 
If you, you don't know, my family is the least of all the families. In other words, you have the wrong guy. Can I tell you? No, God does not have the wrong guy or the wrong lady. God knows exactly what he's doing and he wants to use you. The reality is this, Gideon's location did not match his vocation. He was pressing, uh, uh, he was threshing wheat in the wine press. The two do not make sense. Some of you all right now, just because, ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Some of you all are not walking in the will of God. Some of you all are not walking in the power and the purpose of God because your location is not in agreement or in alignment with what God has called you to do. Can I tell you, you and I both need to get over ourselves and say, God, it's not about me. I'll trust you. I'll do what you tell me to do, even when it doesn't make sense. And let me just give you a disclaimer right now. When you're walking by faith, it will never make sense. As a matter of fact, you can write this down, type it out, tweet it out. It's not supposed to make sense. It's supposed to make faith. Praise God. And so we do everything by faith. And if you could just begin to understand that it's going to happen because it's already been established in the supernatural, you will see God do great things. The world is hungry for the supernatural. Let me just tell you, this is uh, the invisible world is the real world. The invisible world is the real world. If you study the book of Ephesians and just give it a quick gander, if you will, you'll quickly notice that Paul cites a location. It's called the heavenly places. He says, you are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. He talks about how we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual wickedness in the heavenly places. I think about six times he cites the heavenly places. He says things like he's given you every spiritual blessing that you need in the heavenly places. When he says the heavenly places, he's talking about the spirit realm. Okay. The spirit realm. I want you to know this. The spirit realm is the real realm. I want you to let that sink in for just a moment. The spirit realm is the real realm. Let me show you for just a moment. Right now I'm sitting on my couch and I'm comfortable and I'm excited to be with you guys. But let's just say uh, the Lord took me right now while I'm preaching to you. He took me home. Uh, in other words, my body would fall to the floor because what you don't see is holding up what you do see. Think about that for a moment. What you do see is being held up by what you don't see. My spirit would be gone. And my spirit, which you can't see, is holding up my body, which you do see. If you left my body here, it would just eventually turn to dust. It would rot, decay, and stink up this whole house. But my spirit would be gone. It's the same. We need to understand. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews, through faith. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Praise God. I'm so excited to share this with you because there is a shift that is coming to the sanctuary. Many of you all are going to begin to operate in a level of faith and God is going to do great things because you're going to begin to see it. Let me tell you why this is important. So through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. You ever been to a lovely home? I've been to Pastor Mel and Pastor Lisa's home. Beautiful home. They do such a good job with the decor. They just they just got it all together. I'm just like, uh, just, what can I do to, to be like them, Lord? I know I'm trying to be like you, Jesus, but let me just, if I could just achieve that. But you know, you have a beautiful home. You walk in 
and they're so hospitable. They're so kind. Just that quintessential North Carolina. Uh, it just comes out of North Carolinian. Um, uh, comes out of Pastor Lisa, and you don't have to take care of anything. You just enjoy being spoiled. But you say, oh, you might say, man, I, I love the colors, or I, I love the decor here. Pastor, you've done such a great job. Uh, nobody walks in and says, um, man, I love the framing in this house. Why? But you, Because you can't see the framing. <laughs> but the framing, woo, it's holding up everything you do see. Praise God. You need to understand that the word of God is holding up everything that we see today. Praise God. And so I need you to understand that the real world is the spirit world. And everything that takes place in the natural is really a reflection of what's already established in the spirit realm. This is why the Lord said, you pray as it let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. It's already been established in heaven. Okay. But we want it to manifest itself on earth. How do we do that? Through faith. Okay. Now, you're probably thinking, how do I operate in the supernatural? I feel like Gideon, you're building my faith a little bit. Praise God for that because we do everything by faith. I want you to understand that. The scripture is so clear that we do everything by faith that if you do anything outside of faith, it's sin. Okay? And here's what we here's where we err. Let me just tell you. Here's what we do. You know what we do? We try to summon up faith like we do courage. Many of us, we're believing God. You're believing God for a miracle right now. And you know what you're doing? You're like, oh, I think he can. I think he can. I think he can. I think I can. I think he can. I think he can. And what you're trying to do is summon up faith like you would courage. Uh, kind of like if you have to get a shot or maybe if you have to uh, do something heroic or what you believe to be outside of your character or abilities, you will uh, begin to, oh, I think I can do this. I think I can do this. And you'll, you'll get yourself worked up. That is not it. See, we live by faith. Praise God. That's what the Bible says. As a matter of fact, it says we go from faith to faith. Everything we do is by faith. Okay. So I want you to understand that. And then the Bible is very clear because some of you are like, I don't have faith. That's a lie. See, you got to be careful what you say. But the Bible says every man has been given a measure of faith. Praise God. So there are two specific qualifications that you need to operate in the supernatural, okay? Outside of these, guess what? You don't have to be educated. You don't have to have the right heritage or lineage. You don't have to know the right people. Uh, you didn't have to wake up on the right side of the bed. There are a couple of things that you need, and these things God has given to us. Let me just tell you this also. I need you to say this. I need you to repeat this after me. God has appointed me and anointed me to operate in the supernatural. <laughs> Matter of fact, if you feel so bold about it, say it again. God has appointed me and anointed me to operate in the supernatural. And if you're really like, I'm there, I want you to type it out and declare it on Facebook. Declare it if you're watching on YouTube. It is easier, as a matter of fact, to operate in the supernatural than it is the natural, okay? The tendency, I want you to hear Two things that you have to do. You have to listen, okay? And you have to obey. We see this in John chapter two, okay? We listen and we obey. There's an interesting dilemma <clears throat> that happens. 
uh, there at this party. And when you go to a wedding, especially in biblical times, it was like the event. It's kind of like this right now. I'm so excited. It's like I'm preaching at the sanctuary. I can do this for like hours. I've been ready. I've been excited. I even got dressed up. Because <laughs> at EC, we're probably a bit, not probably, we are a bit more casual. I'm like, man, I'm preaching at the sanctuary. This is the event. This is the highlight of the week, maybe the year. That's how they felt about a wedding and the feast. It was like, man, did you get an invite to that wedding? Whoo, boy, we coming. And, and, and Jesus and his disciples, everybody is there. We're having a good time. Everybody's dancing. We're laughing. We're celebrating this amazing couple and this union. Fat parents are proud, and their chest is all stuck. Their chests are all stuck out, and everybody's sipping on wine and enjoying a good meal. And just, it's a glorious time. And nobody is in any rush to leave. As a matter of fact, the party's just getting good. And hey, we got a dilemma. Behind the scenes, not everybody knows it, but they're out of wine. People are frantic. People are scattered. People are like, oh, and, and Mary catches wind of it. And so she goes to Jesus and is like, hey, look, son, we have a problem. Uh, the problem is we run out of wine. And he's like, what they got to do with me, woman? Now, he wasn't being disrespectful. That was actually a term of endearment. Culturally today, uh, we might look at that as being a bit more brazen or rude or harsh. Uh, but he was like, mom, what's up? What does that have to do with me? My time has not yet come. Notice that Mary did not even acknowledge that. It's kind of like, you know, you kind of give your mom an excuse. You all, I, I think the Kathy Thompson kind of came out and Mary. She was like, Psh. okay, because I've said some things to my mom and she didn't even acknowledge it. Praise God. But that, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> you know, I could see a Cecilia Wampler just kind of, Psh. okay, anyway, uh, you know what I'm talking about, Pastor Johnny. Taylor, you know what I'm talking about. I know, I know Sarah Beth's much. Stop, stop. So here's the deal. She says, what does that have to do with me? And she doesn't even respond. She just says, hey, uh, guys, whatever he tells you to do, do it. Okay. Now, we serve a speaking God. Jesus is speaking right now. Praise God. He is a God who speaks. And as a matter of fact, for God to act is for God to speak. Well, let me say it this way. For God to speak is for God is for him to act. Okay, when he speaks, things happen. So we have to listen. Miracles happen because he spoke. The world was created because he spoke. So when he spoke, he said, uh, I want you to go fill those water pots up. Now notice they heard and they obeyed. They weren't like, well, uh, 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 we need wine. We, the party's not asking for Dasani or Aquafina water, if you don't know, Lord. We need wine. They didn't do that. They didn't rationalize themselves out of a miracle. You know what they did? They heard and they obeyed. So let me just give you a quick little test here real quick. We're going to go through the obedience test. Are you ready, sanctuary? You might be in your home. Uh, you might be cooking. But here is the obedience test right now because we're going to see. We're going to see. I want you to hear what Jesus says, what the Lord says, okay? Look at this. The 47th Psalm, verse 1. Oh, clap your hands, all you peoples. <laughs> Did you hear that? The question is, are you doing? 
Praise God. <laughs> Are you clapping your hands? And here's the thing. Did you give him a little cute clap? Because, oh, Jesus. Or did you clap your hands? And, woo, and then check it out. Shout to God with a voice of triumph. Hallelujah. Praise your Jesus. I give you glory and I give you honor. I worship you, Jesus. I magnify you. This is the test. You've heard the Lord. Will you obey him in spite of what it feels like, in spite of what it looks like? Some of you all are looking for breakthrough. And the reason why you haven't experienced it yet is because you're, you're being a little too cute in the house and you're trying to worry about what everybody else thinks. Well, my wife or my kids, can I tell you? No, 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 no. We're not here to please them. And let me just help you. When you please the Lord, you'll please them. Bless his name. So here's what I want you to understand. We always do this by faith. We hear and we obey, okay? Now, you need to understand the power in your words. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be about nine more minutes. I want you to get this, the power in your words. This is important because whatever God is going to deliver into your hands must first be declared with your mouth. Whatever God is going to deliver into your hands must first be declared with your mouth. Let me give you an example. Uh, your words create your world. Your words create your world. This is important because let me tell you exactly what we do. We wake up and we're like, oh, I'm so tired. I didn't get enough sleep. Uh, uh, you know what? Many of us will look at our spouse and we'll, they'll try to say, hey, good morning, babe. Or your kids, will, don't talk to me. I didn't have my coffee yet. Uh, we declare these things as if, as if we need the, we need coffee or caffeine to be nice to somebody. I know I'm upsetting some coffee folks right now, but can I just tell you, you're not subject to the Lordship of coffee. You're subject to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Why would you submit yourself to anything else? Don't get up and declare insufficiency. I'm not talking about blabbing it and grabbing it, but what I, uh, what I am telling you is your words have creative power and your words are an abundance of what you think in your heart. What you should say is when you wake up this morning, whoo, praise God, this is the day that the Lord has made. I have several declarations that I pray when I get up out of the bed in the morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. God, you have given me all of the divine energy that, I that I'll need for every task that is set before me. I declare that this day will be a better day for somebody else because I serve the Lord Jesus Christ. This day, I will raise up leaders. I will equip leaders. I will serve them to be better leaders in their communities and on their family. This day, I will willingly lay down my wife, my life for my wife, and she will know that I love and honor her because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. This day, Mia and Lincoln will not only serve you, but will be equipped to serve you, will be inspired to serve you by the life that I live and how I engage and involve them in ministry. I am a leader. Leading people is what I do. Serving people is what I do. I declare that I'll walk in divine health, divine wealth, and divine wisdom in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare these things by faith. I do not declare lack. I do not declare insufficiency. As a matter of fact, it is 
It, it cannot be. It is antithetical, it's antithetical to a Christian. How can you claim you don't have something when Jesus said we are complete in him? Praise God. That's what it says in the book of Colossians. If you go on and read in first Peter, he says, I have given you everything that you need that pertains to life and godliness. This is why you have to be careful what you say, because the Bible says that the power of life and death are in what you hear. No, you know, that's not right. Oh, it, it says the power of life and death is in the tongue. In other words, what you say. Some of us are arrested and immobilized by the negative things that have been spoken over our lives. I used to be such a negative Nancy and God has begun to retrain me. God has begun, I'm just, a, I, I get more energy. You all can, some of you all that know me, some of you all like, yeah, I, I, I knew you, uh, Pastor Akil. Uh, you seem to be a little different. I'm telling you, God is doing a work in my life. I want this to happen in your lives as well. You gotta open up your mouth and declare a thing. I need you to understand this. Job said, listen to this, you'll have what you say. You'll have what you'll say. Job said, thou shalt declare a thing. It's Job 22, 28. Thou shalt declare a thing and it shall be established. Praise God. I need you to think about that for a moment because earlier, you know what? Uh, if you just read them in reverse, you don't have to even read it in reverse. You go to Job 3, Job is like, mm, I'm running my mouth. He said, what I have feared has come upon me. Job had everything, but it's obvious he declared his fears. What I have feared has come upon me. And then in Job 6, he says, you know what? Teach me to be quiet. I know I'm running my mouth too much. And then later he realizes, he says, oh God, when I declare a thing, it shall be established. I'm telling you, you need to declare some things in Jesus' name. The only way, I need you to hear me, the only way your miracle is going to manifest itself in the natural is when you open up your mouth and say it. Praise God. I need you to let that sink in for a moment, okay? Because when you see it, when you see it, you'll declare it. Praise God. Let me just give you, let me just give you an example. Uh, you know what? Uh, time is getting away from me. So I'm going to put this in your spirit. If you go to Mark chapter 5 and you just begin to read, uh, read about the woman with the issue of blood. Notice, here's how, here's how I'm going to tell you. Your miracle can't manifest itself until you declare it. She said... If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. She opened up her mouth and declared it. And remember, Jesus was like, who touched me? And his disciples were like, Lord, I know you didn't just ask her that because everybody in their mama is here touching you. That's what, the, that's what the scripture says. And he said, I felt virtue leave me. I'm going to tell you the reason why she got her healing that day is because she opened up her mouth and declared it. To be so. Praise God. You better open up your mouth and say so. We were taking a photo shoot uh, here in Toronto, and Toronto is one of the most diverse communities in the entire world. And there were a bunch of, uh, there were a number of Asians in this park. Uh, and I said to my kids, I, I said it out loud. The photographer was with us and everything. I said, don't believe the lie of the devil. I said, the Asian community does not love Buddha. I said, that's a lie. That was it. I just came out. I don't even, I would have just came up out. And the next thing I know, we were getting ready to take the photo shoot. You can ask my, my wife and children. This man walked by, never met him before in my life or anything. And you know what he said? Hallelujah. He was an Asian man. He kept on walking. We were like, what? And then five minutes later, as if we were still in shock and all, uh, and just to confirm a few things, he walks back by and says, 
Thank you, Jesus. Can I tell you, you get what you'll declare. You better open up your mouth and declare healing. You better open up your mouth and declare supernatural revival and provision. It needs to be in alignment with his word. And if it's in alignment with his word and you say it, it will happen for the glory of God. I'm reminded in the book of Acts chapter 14, if you read it, uh, you'll notice Paul is preaching. And as he's preaching, he is observing. I'm not able to look at you all, but I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I can discern. Paul was discerning this man that was watching him fixed intently. The Bible says hanging on every word he said. And this man that was doing so was lame from birth. Let me tell you what Paul said. The man was lame from birth. In other words, he needed assistance from everybody everywhere to get there. Just, he was dependent upon everybody. He gets there. He's looking and fixed on Paul. And Paul looks at him, noticing his faith. That's what the Bible says. He looked at him and said, stand up and walk. And you know what? That man, whew, the Bible says that he didn't just stand up and walk. He leapt to his feet and began to run. I'm telling you, when you declare it by God, when you declare it, it can manifest itself in the supernatural. Praise God. And this is exactly what's happening today. I realize I'm not preaching what's reasonable, but God didn't call me to preach what's reasonable. He called me to preach faith. He called me to preach his word. He called me to preach the miraculous. He called me to preach the supernatural. He called me to preach so that God can move in your life. I'm here to tell you today that you simply need to hear and obey. Now, I want to, I want to, I, 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 whew, I got so much I want to put into your spirit. But here's what I need you to understand when you see it. See, when you see it in the spirit, some of you got to understand the power of sight. See, there's a difference between having vision and sight. I'm going to give you two examples. We're going to land this plane. We're going to land this plane. I, I want you, uh, I'm talking to my cameraman right now. Turn the display around so I can see. Praise God. I want to see the time so I know what I'm doing. Here's what I, because I know I, my time is getting away from it. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to understand this. You have to see this thing. You have to see it before it can manifest itself in the natural. One thing I want you to understand is this. The Bible is emphatically clear. When Peter is hanging out with Jesus and the disciples are, Jesus says, who do people say that I am on Facebook, TikTok, Instagram? And uh, they say, oh, some say a prophet, some say this. And Peter says, thou art the Christ. He said, and flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. That's what the Lord said to Peter when he said that. He said, flesh and blood hasn't revealed this to you. In other words, he didn't see it with his natural. He saw it by faith. He saw it by faith. Are you hearing me? You got to see it by faith. And Jesus, once you see it, the struggle is over. Once Peter saw that and he got that revelation, that struggle was over. That battle had been won. So much so that the Lord said, hey, you are Peter and upon this rock, I shall build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And not only that, he goes on to tell them, whatever you bind shall be bound. Whatever you loose shall be loose. I'm telling you, that's what happens when you see it. You know what? I'm closing with this. Because if you could see yourself healed, if you could see yourself whole, God will do it in the name of Jesus Christ. According to his word, don't take, oh, praise God. Faith says now. There was a story in the Old Testament where this prophet was resting. And his servant comes to him, Gehazi, and he says, man of God, we're surrounded. We're surrounded. We are in trouble. They've come to get us and they know exactly where we are. Everywhere I look, there's no way out. And so he says, oh, come here. Let me pray for you. Go read it. Go read it. Second Kings chapter six. 
He says, let me pray for him. He said, Lord, I pray, open these young man's eyes. Open his eyes that he may see that there is more that is with us and for us than there are that are against us. Praise God. And the Bible says the man's eyes were open and he saw. Can I tell you the same is happening here? You might not have seen the miraculous yet, but that shift is changing. See yourself whole. See yourself cancer free. See your marriage whole. See yourself doing mighty exploits for the Lord in accordance with his word and watch it happen. I'm telling you right now, you must see it. And once you see it, it will come to pass. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Would you just begin to lift your hands and begin to worship him? Because God is able. I don't know where, where you are. Maybe you've not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Maybe you've not received the spirit evidenced by speaking in other tongues. Maybe you are looking for a renewal or maybe you're struggling with some things or your thought life. Or maybe you're saying, God, you know what? I just, I want a fresh start. Today is the day. Today is the day. Would you just continue to just worship him? And I'm going to pray. And in a few moments, we're going to be singing a song and a move of God is going to happen in your home. Lord, by the authority of your word and the power that is in the matchless name of Jesus Christ, I declare according to your word that the supernatural is happening right now. People are receiving breakthroughs. Chains are being broken. Addictions are being shattered. Paradigms are being obliterated. I'm speaking hope and life and faith, and it's abounding. I'm speaking love in the name of Jesus. You're pouring healing oil into broken and wounded hearts. You're giving clarity to people that are confused. You're giving peace to people who have been shrouded in doubt and anger. I'm declaring that in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm believing it, God, and we worship you for that. People are receiving your spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and just worship him. Continue to sing. Continue to give God glory. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. <laughs>